welcome to Fusion International Film Festival podcast. This is Dan and I'm joined by Steve, as always. Hello, everyone. Look at the enthusiasm. You can hear in his voice. <laughs> so we um, were doing this podcast on Tuesday and last week we made an announcement that we were holding on um, in the hope that we'd be able to physically hold our South Europe International Film Festival. But we made the announcement uh, out to all the selected films via email and then myself, I followed up with a little video um, that I did just at a lovely park near me, announcing that we're going to be taking the festival dig- digitally. Um, it's quite exciting, isn't it, mm, Steve? I think it is. It is. Uh, it's actually been um, quite a pick up, pick me up because everything that's happened, uh, and you know, so many people, not just in the film industry, we know about in all industries that. Hampton know people who work in all different arenas and you know they they've just been stuck in treacle and trying to move forward and this for us um is like a real actually a really positive step it's exciting because um although we won't be meeting people physically which obviously we love to do um it's a challenge because it's something new and actually looking at the ramifications and the parameters we need to work in um it's going to be um quite an exciting adventure for us and um, I can speak for both of us when I say that we're both really looking forward to it. and it's even doing like the awards night which Dan and I will be hosting is going to be great fun um, so yeah it's and we need to get moved that awful word traction which I don't particularly like but we need to you know really just get moving again you know and with all the restrictions it's global I mean obviously it's not just um, for the UK you know we, we're all desperate to do something uh, and yeah, it's yeah, it's like yeah. you say, it was never, and I know people that have obviously been in contact with us um, all throughout this and sort of engaged with us, it was never an option for us to go, well, you know what, this has happened, and yeah. sadly... Fusion. And we held on, we held on yeah. To, yeah, to the last minute, didn't we? It yeah. is, we held on to the last minute, obviously we knocked, we're talking about South Europe Festival uh, immediately, that festival was set to take place in May, we knew immediately, we acted, we were like, right, we're going to take it till October, we held on and held on because we wanted to, but first and foremost, in this situation, health and people's well-being, yeah. and also just the travel restrictions, but then taking it aside and looking at us as a whole, even if we'd had to briefly take a hiatus, I mean, we've brought a business, um, which the festivals are, they're effectively a business in terms of, because this is what we do yeah. full-time, uh, whereas other festivals which work with volunteers, this is our life, and prior to Fusion, where we were involved in previous festivals, it's all Steve and I have known for the past five or six years. So to then go from where we would do four or five festivals a year, physically, travelling around Europe, meeting people... And loving it. Loving really it loving and putting it, yeah. every sort of ounce of our energy into, we've got one under our belt this year. But it was never an option for us to go, right, well, we had 2019, and which was our launch year as Fusion, hugely successful. What we've been able to do is still engage with filmmakers mm. and sort of keep a level of momentum and I'm really excited to work online we've got Stephen with us as well that's going to be sort of looking after the production side of it and it is something rather than just doing a quick oh, online it's not a box ticking exercise for us we don't do anything do we no we don't it's and, not and, just and, oh let's get rid of South Europe as yeah. online we are going 
And it's not a two-minute job trying to organise. You sort of think, oh, a couple of cameras, TV. It's not like that at all. It actually takes a lot of effort and a lot of thought because there's a lot of technicality that's assigned to this. It's, for instance, a small thing is, well, which platform are we going to use? You know, YouTube. Well, we're going to use um, Facebook Live. You know, we're going to use Zoom. So we, we've decided which one we're going to use. And even that in, in its um, decision-making process was... Was, was complicated because we, we was going, well, can that do X or can it do Y? Well, exactly. what about, yeah, and things like this need a lot of effort and a lot of thought, you know, and it's the same with the streaming of, uh, of films that we're going to have on, on our website. We're looking at all different platforms. There's lots of well-known ones we discounted for all sorts of reasons, and it does take time and effort, and obviously Stephen's heavily involved in that. Um, but today we're meeting and we're just talking about the... Uh, for the second or third time, the, the ramifications and the implications of how exactly we are doing the Yeah, the and what we want to do. I mean, I've come over today to see you guys and I've done a massive, I always do a to-do, a to-do list, list yeah. which I like and I cross front and go, right, this is a small thing. But yeah, I'm it's looking forward fun. to I'm taking looking for, the, yeah. to obviously I know we would have lovely Bob and Melissa um, doing the awards. Right? That's yeah. something that we're going to do ourselves together. And it is going to, again, when we're communicating with those filmmakers that are part of the festival, and I've just enjoyed, honestly, we've received some lovely emails as well from people that have just, which actually... Absolutely. We've not had one, since we made the announcement, every filmmaker that's contacted us, every one of them, has said... We support what you're totally doing, support, it was yeah, we're we rallying behind you because you care about us, and honestly, we really do um, care about everyone, and it has just been... Well, we had everyone. a couple of nightmare scenarios that could happen. That was a thing which we came up with, we... we we were like wargaming. Well, what happens if here and this happens? Well, we what happens if we get to Valencia and then all of a sudden there's another lockdown? There's a lockdown and we are in Valencia. And then effectively, I would, as would you, feel that as much as everyone that would be there would be adults, I'd feel responsible for everyone. And, and, and then people all of a sudden, would say, well, why is this going ahead? You know, we all sorts of yeah. very understandable, different. Yeah. And, and the health and things right, health and safety. Um, and it's just, you know. Forgetting all the blathering the politicians are coming out with, the fact is it is still too early. Yeah. But I'm excited. So reference, obviously, that with the, the online element's going to be exciting at the festival. Um, I know that, obviously, we'll be working together, Steve, on doing the print and digital copy of Film Focus, which mm-hmm. is going to be exciting. Interviews. We're looking interviews, into, yeah. whether it's going to be green room or, say, podcast style um, and just audio ones, which will upload onto YouTube. So then, actually, the panels, which is a side of the things which I deal with, and I'm really excited to... Says, I know we, we all are, but add value. Um, when you go online, you've seen some festivals which are going online and they're doing it because it's their option, but they're not really sure what they can do. And it's just ultimately looking and thinking what would and add value to filmmakers. What are people going to want to jump in on? And the truth is it's, it's a plethora of ideas. I want to be looking at insurance companies. I want to be looking at uh, online streaming, distribution, trials and tribulations, and... I want to see if we can. We've got a few lined up already. They'll all be announced. I'm excited about it. Um, that stream thing is, is, is interesting. You mentioned that because from a certain point of view, we because we're streaming, we're now, again, it's a small thing, we're vitally important. We've got to make sure we've got a really good Wi-Fi signal when, when we're streaming this awards night. Yeah. So the venues that we're looking at, that we, we, we've come across some really good ones. First thing I would say is, do you have Wi-Fi available? What's the stream? You know, what's the strength of it? Um, and then suddenly you you know you've got to be on on your A game, haven't you? Definitely. And then just to like say, you mentioned streaming and sort of to move on to a topic which we 
we all know now, we're all involved, we all get it now, don't we? Do you want to focus on is the power of streaming? And we found, especially during this 2020 time in our lives, the desire for content and how easy. Now, we've had in our festivals a category of smartphone uh, uh, films and experimental. And I've seen some lovely projects uh, for the last six, seven months which have been shot on mobile, edited, one location, of course, in someone's home, the colour grading, the sound, and it's been uploaded just onto YouTube because someone just wanted to share it. But you can actually look and go, you know what, That's we've seen the, the lockdown COVID film festivals effectively taking the opportunity and turning it into a positive where they can to get content. But mm. sitting out on your sofa, Steve, looking at your 55-inch TV, <laughs> knowing that you've got Amazon Prime, Disney+, Plus, Netflix... Britbox. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't even know Brit, what Britbox... But, and then I'm looking, I can see your DVDs, I can see your Blu-rays... Home cinema. The home cinema, the Tannoy system, everything in there, which obviously which shows that, as we know anyway, that you're a massive film buff and film lover. But it's interesting, what's very, very interesting is I haven't bought Blu-ray for months now, um, and I really was sceptical about the quality of... Um, how good it could be shown on uh, from streaming, and but of course the proofs in the pudding is HD, 4K streaming is exceptional. And I was watching, funny, I was watching Toy Story um, on um, Disney Plus, and that's a 4K stream. I've never had any glitch of watching 4K. I've never had buffering, um, and it is. I mean, the Blu-ray looks eye-wateringly good, and I've got it. But actually, the 4K stream, you won't be surprised to learn. Is even better, and it is just gobsmacking. The only, the only thing that, um, the only sort of criticism that I have is to do with the sound, and the sound to get the uh, Dolby Digital stream. But because it's compressed sound, I can notice a little bit of um, it's flattening compared to uncompressed sound that you get on Blu-rays. Um, that's a small thing because I can actually go. I've got the ability to go to Dolby Atmos, so that will be the, the, the real acid test I've got to have the speakers and the ceiling all sorted out for that but anyway that's the thing it generates it, it's amazing. experience it is which amazing. again right now and I know um, speaking to a few of the guys that I'm connected with and seeing online the drive-in cinema actual going into the cinema that's almost and again this is sort of a conversation of the benefits of streaming you've got a much wider reach and people where you go to watch a film in England you're looking if it's two people, 25, 30 quid, it's normally like £12 a ticket for the experience, then you popcorn on that. And then, for example, if you wanted to, and let's be realistic, I know you want to get that full experience, and there's some films like your Marvel and not whether it's your Batman films and the comic ones and certain action films that you want the big screen and the booming sound. But then if you're in a cinema, you've paid £12, and you're like, oh, I need to go to the loo, for example. It's almost that reluctance to have to go out because you don't want to miss anything. Whereas if you're at home... We go to festivals. I have Netflix on my phone. We're not plugging Netflix, although they can sponsor us if they wish, <laughs> or any other streaming services. Um, I download it on my phone. Sometimes we're on the van journey or if we were flying yeah, places. So yeah. I watch things on my phone, yeah. which is great if we've got a two, three, four-hour flight. I download a few episodes, watch it, and then I'll see if it's on at home, uh, which playing through the TV. And it's the convenience and the access. And I'm paying what? The equivalent of one cinema ticket... Well, it interests it really interests me. Two things to pick up on there. One is um, that uh, Disney um, Disney Plus. Obviously, everyone knows they released Hamilton, um, so bypassed cinema. I've only watched forty five minutes of it, and I haven't seen the whole film. But they're about to release Mulan and actually charging twenty quid to watch that. 
on top of your Disney Plus service. Oh, interesting. Because I know they did Trolls. They did a Sky yeah. release. And they, they said it was hugely successful. But then, I, to my knowledge, and although I haven't followed up the story since, they didn't release the full figures. At the end of the day, hugely successful. You can just say that to try and then generate that buzz and go, oh, well, I must see it. But I do think this... I mean, there's Roku and there's so many different platforms. I mean, we'd even explored the idea, and again, who knows where we get to, of launching our own Fusion channel... Because you can. Because you can, and then look at certain content. There's some which, of course, we appreciate want the bigger opportunities, and right now that was an idea of, oh, we can get to there, and who knows, we may well do, because the content we see, and if we can speak to certain aggregators and distributors and territories, but regardless, the content is, you can go onto Roku and there's a channel for anything, someone set it up, and then you've got, and actually this is probably one of the platforms that we're going to, panels we'll look to get involved with, You've got SVOD, AVOD, all these different oh, streaming. Yeah, it's the advertising, video on demand, oh. and then a subscription, which they fall under, and all the different sort of multitude. But I think the benefits are is the ease where you can watch it on mobile, then if it's on your TV, the ability to pause, the ability to resume something. If you're in a cinema, and I know a few people have done it, now, because there's such an option on Netflix, which is my choice for streaming, if I start watching something, and I never used to do this, I'd, once I start watching it, I watch it all the way through. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty much the same. And there's films, I mean, there's a couple of films I've seen recently, kind of throwaway films. I've seen The Meg, uh, which I've seen before. But I stop films now, Steve. I used to, I never, no, never we, used to stop, whereas now, because there's so much content, I can sit there, and if I'm 20 minutes in, and I feel it's flat, and it's not engaged me, or I think the characters are a bit wooden, or... It's, again, going back to what John at Makers Marketing talked about, if the tagline, synopsis, the title and the artwork has appealed to me on Netflix, which is ultimately what you go by, or if it's got a name in it, but as a lover of independent film, I'll watch I'll watch anything. Yeah, yeah. I, or I give anything a chance. I'll start watching something if I think, oh, well done, you've got the artwork, great, but yeah, the shooting quality, the editing, etc. is not there. Because I've got so, so much other choice, I'll go, nope, not feeling it, stop, on to the next one. And I hate the ability... You wouldn't do that in the cinema. You no, go, you wouldn't. I've, spe- I've spent 20 quid to be here. I'm... Now, I'm not going to go and watch Tenet, for instance. Um, I know it's had some good reviews. Peter Bradshaw, I think, in the, in the garden, gave it two out of five stars. Really? Yeah, honestly, I was shocked when I read it. Um, and he was talking about this palindrome of a mess, which was caught, thought was quite amusing. But, um, I mean, it looks incredible. Obviously, I've seen the, the trailers and the clips. And I'm like, wow, it looks outstanding. And then I started thinking about Inception... And I started thinking about all host of other films where these stunning special effects. And I've got to be honest, it doesn't grab me. I, I'm, I'm not going to go and see it at the cinema. I've decided I'm going to give it a miss. Nothing to do with COVID, because um, I'm sure there's social distancing. I'm like, you know what? I just really don't fancy this film. And I'm sure it'll be mind-blowing. Um, but I'm going to give it, I'm probably going to give it a wide berth. I did see his last one. I saw Dunkirk at cinema, which was brilliant. Oh, and Dunkirk enough, was unbelievable. you know what? Was I said fun. at the time, it's that film I'll only ever see once. And even that's been, I think, it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I have only seen it once. Um, I won't watch it. It's because it was just an event film. It was incredible. Um, you know what? You're totally right. Because I, I watched it on Netflix. I'm a huge, huge Nolan fan. Probably is my favourite director. Um, as everyone knows, I've mentioned The Prestige. Oh, wonderful. Um, which is incredible. And his Batman trilogy, too, whether it's uh, Memento or Following, which was a short film uh, which he done prior to Memento. Um, and then, actually, 
Talk about Tenet, Robert Patterson. I've just seen the new tra- or trailer drop. Oh, I haven't the seen that. I've seen the trailer for the new Wonder Woman film, which I have to say, yeah. the original one, I don't know if you've seen it, or the, or the original, the, the one with the previous one, the first one, it's actually one of the best superhero films. Yeah, I know you like that. It's one, amazing. because yeah. it, In fact, because it was directed by a woman, I can't remember, and Patty something, but, um, and they brought back to do the second one. And I suspect it's going to be a massive hit because, and actually the one I'm really wanting to see, which was just, came, just about to come out, and then they shelved it because of COVID. Was quite a place part two because I thought it was absolutely. Oh, was it Krasinski? Krasin- yeah, and he directed as well. Yeah. And, I mean, funny enough, I've got it on Blu-ray. Yes, on Netflix. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the last Blu-rays I bought. Um, which is a fantastic film. Because that's the sound. Guys, I know you talk about that oh one a lot. God. The sound, sound design on that is bizarre because it's all to do with. For those that haven't seen it, you have to be as quiet as possible because these aliens are invading Earth. They they can pick up the smallest sound and that's how they locate. Anyway, but the sound on the design on it sounds counterintuitive is absolutely incredible um but another film i was going to get onto very quickly was not my kind of film but it grabbed me and i thought i'm going to watch it i wouldn't say it's not my kind of film it can't, maybe it is it's an actual film um which is midway which is the re uh, i know it's been done before that's on amazon prime now it was a film that's released in the cinema i don't think it's done very well Roland demerick's you know we're going to get you know like independence day the the, the visuals on it obviously because of cgi are out of this world and it's actually fairly accurate to the story midway starts the bombing of pearl harbor okay right. they take liberties but a lot of characters in it really exist and a lot of what happens existed or they probably put a spin on it again the sound design is is astounding it's film there which the sound design just jump in is amazing and you talk about dunkirk and when i watched it i thought oh you've he's put in harry styles from um, he was really good wasn't he yeah he, he was he was good in it it was like his character it wasn't just a, oh, we're going to put someone in from one direction. And it's those films, the war films, when everyone remembers when Saving Private Ryan came out and then when you had... Um, Which for me is still the best war film I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But then actually I turn around and think I loved um, Ed Harris, Jude Law and Ralph, uh, Ralph Fiennes in Enemy at the Gates. Oh, what a film. Like, films like that... What a film. Dirty, gritty war films. Um, and even... It's odd, the, the success of gaming franchises of Call of Duty and then actually one which for a long while when it was out on PlayStation I preferred just going off on the tangent, Medal of Honor. Those films, I, I look and wonder why, unless they're one in production, a Call of Duty type well, what's that one film with, or production. What's that one that was a massive hit and um, what's her name? Oh, gosh, it's, honestly it'll come to me in a minute. Um, and it became a real big... I mean, they weren't brilliant films, but they obviously made a load of money. What, Tomb Raider? No. no, not Tomb Raider. It was the one where the world's been invaded by zombies and there was a plague. Oh, Western Evil. Yeah. yeah. So there's four or five of them. Good production values. Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Her husband directed the is Paul, Paul W. something or other. Not, yeah, not Paul Anderson. Um, anyway, um, but obviously made a load of money because they made four or five films. They're looking to do Uncharted, which is, for me, I... I if I, I play computer games as sort of a way of unwinding and one of the ones I play actually is like a sniper game not obviously the Tom Berenger style films the sniper films evolved but just to get lost in but Uncharted is a male version of your I love that sniper one with um the oh uh, the one with oh at the beginning they not American Sniper based on true story no, no not American Sniper the one with Mark Wahlberg 
Oh, Shooter. Shooter. Well, they've done the series that's... of Shooter, which oh, had Ryan Philippe in, which uh, done th- run three series. That's on Netflix. Is that good? Yeah, great. You see adaptations. So you've got Tom Clancy's... And again, I don't think there was enough adaptations of... Tom Clancy having done he done oh Splinter of course Seth, yeah he done Jack Ryan didn't he yeah Jack Ryan is of course on Netflix and there's so many um, series which do sort of get developed from games and I look and think there's a world of amalgamating both there and the success and I know when we've jumped on panels and right now people are saying well what films are people going to be making small lo- I think we spoke about it before small location one or two actors, a strong story. Not non-SAG members, I dare say. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised saying it sounds heretical, but, um, you know, having spoken to f- some filmmakers, and, of course, now, we, you know, with, with having this happen with COVID, there's going to be so many restrictions in place, and with independent filmmakers, you probably can't go down the SAG route. Um, there may be more films that, made that are not sag oriented because there'll still be restrictions in place, but it won't be necessarily as severe as... Films that have to have a SAG crew on there, you know, or you know, SAG members, I should say, on there. So that'd be interesting to see. It's funny enough, very quickly, a film that everyone was raving on about, which totally left me completely cold, was 1917. Oh, yeah, I remember, I haven't seen that, but I remember. Left me so cold. I walked out there and I was like, yeah, it was well made. I can see very clever with a single shot, but that's been done before Birdman, I think. So, you know, that's that's not, I mean, of course, it isn't a single shot. It's very cleverly seamlessly put together. Um, It just didn't. It didn't float my boat. I mean, I, I know a lot of people will be amazed by that, and most people really loved it. But honestly, I came out of there, it was just like, and I'll never see that again. Nothing to do with being a war film. Because I say, Private Saving Private Ryan, incredible. Absolutely stunning. It's odd you then. say it, actually, but with war films, and even I know this, uh, of the war sequence in Forrest Gump, which I have seen a couple of times, I actually think I've seen Enemy at the Gates, I want to say, three, maybe four times. Oh, yeah, I would say the same. Probably Saving four, Private Ryan, I think I've seen just the twice I've seen that three or four times and Dunkirk though they're sort of films where you think I'm not going to pick up much again it's the experience I watch Dunkirk and then the way the narrative is told and how it ties in and then the guys one minute one hour one day and all that sort of stuff but then the guys on the boat where they're then going out to get them and with Killian Murphy's character on the boat and you think oh it's all the same timeline and with and just the way it intertwines the chronology of it and I thought you know what like you said I won't watch that again. No, I Because won't. I enjoyed the experience of it. And I think that's when a, you can't lose the fact of the multi-millions of pounds spent on projects to have them released in cinemas. But then on the flip side, like I say, we see some quality content and we are going to have available for people to watch for free via our website during the festival week, independent films from all genres. And some of the... It's quality work, and you look and think, and they don't need mega budgets, you know. And no. this, you, know, you know, this is the, the thing that's really it is still all about story. I was watching a film on Netflix the other day, um, a rom com. Can't remember the name of it. Just two characters in the whole film, pretty much. Well, it's two characters for ninety nine percent of it, and two other characters about one percent. Really well made film, very funny, um, very interesting. Um, and was it Ibiza two nights stand? No, two nights. I've seen oh. Ibiza. Two nights stand. I actually really enjoyed that. That was not. Worth, and another film I saw, which was on Amazon Prime, I think, was called Committed, and that is a true two-hander about this guy that's running away from his fiance, and the same same time picks up this woman in a wedding dress, and it's just the two of them. It's, again, it's a rom-com set in Cyprus. Really well made. Great story. It's won loads of awards. It was being nominated for you know independent film awards like ours, but 
don't you know don't be be put off by it. It's not huge budget, but I didn't give a toss about the budget. I just want to be as most people want an engaging, interesting story, and it was. That That's what you want. I watched. Um, and it also almost for listeners probably sounds like a run through, but ultimately it is. And we'd love to find out of any sort of sleeper hits that anyone else has got to tell us about. Because Steve and I love different films. I watched on Amazon Prime a camcorder British film called Exhibit A. Mm, and well. it was crazy. It was all filmed on a camcorder from the daughter's perspective of a father spiralling out of control where he couldn't live with his lies. And basically it was Exhibit A because you, you know what you're watching, the film, this is the evidence in a murder trial of the footage. And you know what? I looked and thought, how smart's that? There's only a few films, I think, out, I'll say a few films, I, th- I can't remember the name of them now, where they've done that technique of being experimental and filmed it through the element of a camcorder. That's the whole footage. It's grainy, it shakes but you just watch it, and it was really quite captivating. Well, yeah, I mean, look at um, Blair Witch Project, massive sleeper hit, the, the, still the biggest grossing film ever against budget, and it was on a, and it, it was not great footage, but it wasn't what it was about. It was just a very, very clever story where you don't really, you don't see anything. I mean, that's the, the whole terror of it, of course, but it was huge. Well, that's, that's the power, again, of huge. online marketing. Because that's right at the beginning of online marketing. Yeah, it? that's when it's Very late 90s. And everyone's jumping on it. And that's the importance of getting your film. And those that attend our festivals and will have joined the panels, whether it's from Evo, which sort of we try and dovetail elements in together. Film do and stuff, yeah. Who are you film? making this film for? That should be the number one question. A lot of films, as we always say, are a passion project or a balance between them. If your passion project happens to have commercial viability, for me right now, if I was going out to make a film, as much as I love all different narratives and sort of like the prestige where it leaves sort of an element of, or the usual suspects, a twist on the audience, the number one films that we'd be making right now is Christmas movies. Because... Don't make COVID films. No, no. Like, Do not make a COVID film. I know people are saying lockdown, but Christmas films... You talk about it, one or two characters. If you go on to... Uh, and they start filming them now. They start Netflix. August, well, they would have... Yeah, they start this time. Well, they start earlier and they do sort of the fake snow element. Yeah, well, they go to Canada, don't they? People want to be happy and motivated. You look on Netflix, you type in Christmas, you're going to be hit by 30 to 40 different uh, miniature artworks. He's going to be wearing red or green and she'll be wearing the opposite colour. And there's always one in there that if it's... And if it's the bloke, guarantee you, he's never divorced, but his wife has died. Or, or whatever, always, whatever always. element it brings it in, yeah. And there was one uh, I can't remember now that I'd watched where she was, I think, a princess. And oh, I've seen that one in the yeah, city. Yeah, in the city, and, and he meets could, up the carpenter. Yeah, meets up the carpenter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But those films and those methods, you need a location, you need great set design. Mrs. Miracle. And you needed so need on. your two actors and maybe a few back back characters but you can get positive films and Hallmark have been churning them out for years um, Lacey Shaber is a name that comes to mind if you know she was in Party of Five you'd know her if you saw her face she's done loads of them um, and um, she, yeah she's like the go, one of the go-to girls that does it but I think you can be a bit different when you look and go back to Miracle on 34th Street and the whole Arthur oh, Santa Claus so then Elf the comedy element so then these rom-coms of Go the holiday and or they done New Year's Eve, didn't they? Which was the holiday concert. made a shed load of money. It was a Christmas film, wasn't it? Yeah, Christmas and New, New Year's Eve wasn't overly um, 
successful, but it had all the it had all the different yeah, names. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was alright. But no, I sat and watched. Is I that think Jennifer I, Garner. I can't remember. Yeah, Jennifer Garner's in it. Ashton Kutcher's in it. Um, oh, that's it. He, he meets a girl, and the, the lift's broken down, isn't it? Yeah, in the lift, and yeah, it, like yeah, the engagement. Um, they're they're the sort of films which. And I know a few of the people that we jumped on, I jumped on the panels with uh, weeks ago in lockdown were saying that conversation come up and a few went, yeah, you know what? They make money, That's what they? we're working on. They make Christmas money. films will be watched. Low budget. Low, yeah, essentially. Low budget, but they sell them to territories and distributors and they, they you know, they, they do. I mean, there's someone, someone else was telling me if you can get a good one. You know, like you say, Hallmark, there's two big ones, Hallmark's the one I remember. Yeah, I can't remember their name. Of the they knock well. them out, don't they? They do. If you were to sit on Netflix now and go through, you'd go bang and bang. Well, watch Channel 5 from the middle of November onwards. Yeah. Every day they've got Christmas films in, and they're all decent quality, decent budget. So let's see what's going to be on, on this year. will be Jingle All The Way, which will be on there, which is an Arnie, silly little Never funny, funny it. film. But it's, it's a Christmas film. Elf is on every year. Um, Michael Keaton's Jack Frost is going to be on every year. Um, Scrooge Scrooge is going to be on for a year The Muppets Christmas Carol is going to be on all oh, these see, that's films one of the best Christmas films ever Christmas, uh, the uh, Muppet one often voted the Michael Caine one isn't it yeah but this is the thing it's if like with a Christmas song like Noddy Holder and um, Shane McGowan and the Pogues and that are Pogues, all yeah. still rinsing in their money from my point of view having seen a huge all the different genres of films that come to the festivals if you can find a passion or tell the story or not the story of obviously of Christmas, but if everyone likes the romance. But if you can do something a little bit different and try and think outside the box and do it, that is the film that I'd be writing a script for and looking to get into production now. And they'd be like, why? Because it's feel good. It takes the personal remote, uh, emotional roller coaster. And you know what? And Christmas is going to be different this year. Whether Christmas is different this year, exactly. But Christmas comes around again every year yeah, and yeah, you yeah. can keep... As a financial investment for commercial viability, I think it, it it's a no-brainer. It's a winner. It's a it winner. Is. Yeah, yeah. Make Christmas films. Make Christmas films. Um, I mean, we'll wrap up shortly now. We're hoping to perhaps get to Warsaw for December to see the Christmas lights, see the cold air, and we loved Warsaw 2019. Um, we were talking about it earlier. It was so bizarre because. The whole, I think we might mention this before, the whole journey down, um, because it's late in the year and obviously very short days, effectively, we were travelling mainly in darkness, weren't we? Yeah. And it was a really weird thing, because we'd never been there, and by, oh, it was so cold, it was so bitterly cold, but it is the really most incredible place. Oh yeah, loved it. It's the most incredible place. It's, I mean, this shouldn't be a uh, consideration, but it is a fact very low cost to buy things there. I mean, really good nights out to eat and drink. It's so cheap, and it, but it's first class. The people are lovely. Um, it's it's an amazing city. Um, and oh, I'd go back there in a heartbeat. It's just a love. I'd it. go back everywhere though, and that's yeah. the thing for everyone that Valencia, amazing. Valencia, the, the drive down. Oh, sorry, incredible. yeah, the drive down in Brussels. People need to know that it, how much. Steve and I, and then even Stephen, where he's then come on board with us and actually travelled for 2019, miss not just meeting the filmmaker, yeah. it's the travel. I miss the long, the long, long days where I'll get up at seven in the morning and if we go to the gym or have a quick swim and then go and have our breakfast and then 
be at the front desk and then... Oh, we loved it. We never, we don't mind. We love doing it. And then all of a sudden, go, all oh, right, I'm going to go and get a bit of lunch here, but actually see these cities, support the local shops and the businesses which we do to the heat of, oh, just going to pop out into Valencia to Arcade Brussels. Oh, we're going to have a day off and go here. And then of an evening, having a pint with people, seeing the smiles on people's faces, seeing people that have just connected. I think we'll leave you here with just the positivity that those of you that are listening and are involved in our South Europe event, we are going to try, we're not going to try, we are going to deliver a quality week which comprises of panels, the online screenings, networking, interviewing, the Film Focus magazine and the awards night, which we are really excited about putting together for production and that's us doing our bit in the capacity that we can but rest assured when we're in a position to get back out there and do what we love in a physical capacity we cannot wait to meet you all again soon so anyone feel free check out our website fusionfilmfestivals.com head to the south europe portal and soon enough there'll be more information on the schedule events for the week Um, but for now thank you for your ears and we'll see you soon take care If you would like to get in contact with Steve or Dan about Film Focus, The Green Room or Fusion Plus, head to our website at fusionfilmfestivals.com and simply click on the contact. We are always happy to speak to you. If you would like to be a guest or participate in the podcast, leave us a message about that too. You can always record a comment using the link in our description. Thank you once again.